ladies and gentlemen, we present The Big Business Lark by Laurie Wyman and starring Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton, and Gwen Cheryl. There's one dirty great snag about being a member of a family. You're stuck with relatives. Relatives are part of the set. You don't volunteer for them. You're lumbered with them. Unlike friends whom you can select, relatives come in a bulk package deal. <laughs> Inevitably, you don't like half of them, and the feeling is mutual. In the case of Sir Charles Boniface, the managing director and chairman of British United Plastics, the percentages are slightly different. He doesn't like any of his relatives, and the feeling is equally mutual. <laughs> Fortunately for the others, there is one relative who terrifies him, his sister, Sicily. If pushed, she can shout just as loud as he can, and longer. Hence the panic in Sir Charles's penthouse office of the British United Plastics Building on the embankment. Lock all the doors. This is an emergency. Lock all the doors. Sir Charles, whatever's the matter? It's her. It's her, the beast from 40,000 Faversham's. <laughs> I saw her car in the car park outside. She's here. Sanctuary. In the name of humanity, sanctuary. Oh, dear, I recognize the signs. It's a relative. It's not a relative. It's the relative. My blasted sister. The one who has the brass nerve to create more trouble in the family than I do. And that's saying something... Uh, is, is there something you want me to do if she turns up here, Sir Charles? Well, you could ask her to admire the view from the window and then give her a quick heave-ho out of it. <laughs> If she wants coffee, you could make it nice and strong with just a, just a touch of strychnine. Now, you know you don't mean that. Don't mean it, Edith. When it comes to remarks like that, I'm the sort that does mean it. Yes, I suppose you are. Silly old bag. I beg your pardon? Oh, not you, not you, her. The face that launched a thousand ships and every single one looked back at her and sank. <laughs> No. Oh, he's uh, seen her car? He has. Then why isn't he hiding under his desk? <laughs> Too fat to get under it. <laughs> I am still here, you know, and I haven't got cloth ears. Frank, you speak to her. No, thank you. Tell her I've been called away on an urgent thing. That would be a lie. Oh, I say, I say, who's suddenly the complete little George Washington? I am. And I don't chop down other people's trees, either. <laughs> I'll chop you down to size in a minute. Now then, Frank, my son. My baby boy. <laughs> to think that only a few years ago you were only this high. And I used to bounce you up and down on my knee. Until I fell off. <laughs> it wasn't my fault that you had no sense of balance, was it? We both know whose sense of balance was up the creek. I was only allowed to take the empties back. I wasn't allowed to bash the full ones. <laughs> if I'd known you were going to desert your poor old father in his hour of need, I'd have bounced you harder and let you fall from an even greater height. He would have done too. Feed it, cork up. <laughs> I forbid you to take sides. Now then, where were we? What were we talking? Frank, I'm an old one. I'm... I'm, I'm... I'm a man who's approaching his prime. Yes, but from which direction? <laughs> now, don't snipe. One of these days when I have to lay down my ballpoint pen, all this empire will be yours. Yes. 
therefore, as a favor to an old, uh, to a man who's just approaching his prime, how does the idea appeal to you? Forget it. I'm not speaking to your blasted sister. Oh, the young aren't like we used to be, are they, Edith? Well, I wouldn't know, Sir Charles. I'm considerably younger than you are. Oh, it just isn't my day, is it? <laughs> if you're looking at me, Father, no, it isn't. Now, Frank, laddie, dear, <laughs> lovely old chap. No! She may be my auntie, but she's your sister. You wouldn't care to play swaps, would you? Nope. I, I blame myself. If I hadn't bothered to have you educated, you'd never have spotted that I was trying to lumber you. Well, I went to Rodine, but it was months before I spotted that you were always trying to lumber him. Ah. Edith, I shan't warn you again. One more word and I'll give you a quick... <laughs> <laughs> On the what's-its-name. <laughs> Even at a time like this, the mauler strikes again. <laughs> We all have our hobbies, you know. I mean, what, what, what is somebody going to do about keeping Sissy away from me? This is urgent. Well, it, it might help if we knew why she was here. Well, to make trouble, of course. Now, how do you know? Well, because she always flaming well done. And she doesn't mind where or for whom. As long as somebody's in the muck, she's laughing. Well, come to think of it, she was smiling a bit when I saw her sitting in her car. Frank, for the last time, would you... No, I wouldn't. Deserted in my hour of need. Oh, the ingratitude of a son to his lovable. <laughs> lovable and kindly father. It, it, it makes the mind boggle. And it'll boggle all over you in a minute if you don't see the stupid old faggot. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break my bones. Don't encourage me. <laughs> I've been considering building you with one of Edith's ink stands for some time. Go away! <laughs> the firm is in voluntary liquidation. Mr. <laughs> Charles Boniface just left by executive jet for Tibet. <laughs> He's gone to a holiday camp out there with a high lama he happens to know. <laughs> I didn't know you knew any high lama. Oh, I shut up. I don't know. Don't use your low feeders with him. Goddesses and priestesses, perhaps. High lamas, never. I know, apart from the obvious, you can't play polo sitting on the back of a Tibetan mountain goat. <laughs> One thing, if high lamas spit at you, you can always wash it off, then. <laughs> and, my boy... One more whimsical remark from you about polo, and I'll have you mucking up the stables for a month. Excuse me. Certainly, the door you want is the fourth one down the corridor. <laughs> Good day, nice to meet you. Bubbles, stay right where you are. Who? I mean, uh, hello, Auntie. Uh, who did you want? Him. Bubbles. I'm terribly sorry. Edith, pass your ink stand. I can get in right in the mush from here. You do, and you'll cover forty one over the bunch with her table lamp. Then haven't you, sir, with her pending tread? One more and I'll bash her typewriter over your head and spin it round till it writes four little words on your collar. Leave this to me. One more word out of either of you, and I'll phone Daddy Boniface. Daddy Boniface? He's over 80, but he still spanks people. And he hurts. 
Now then, Bubbles. <laughs> Sorry. I want a word with you. Not just now, Sissy. I'm terribly busy this morning. If it's urgent, perhaps you could come back in about a year. Now. Very well, this way. We'll go into my office. Frank, you better come as well. What else? Referee? <laughs> I see you're not interrupted, Sir Charles. Oh, you would. <laughs> right, uh, park it, Sissy. Now, um, what's all this about? It's extremely urgent, Bubbles. Oh. I do wish you'd stop calling me that. I don't. (laughs) Shut up, you. I demand to know what is going on. According to my paper this morning, the shares of British United Plastics are down a penny. Really? That's all you have to say? Yes. It's obviously severe mismanagement at boardroom level. That's a phrase she picked up from Harold's last speech on the telly. (laughs) (laughs) Or any of the previous ones. Look, Sissy, what, what, what? You wish you hadn't said that now, don't you? Sissy. <laughs> what are you bleating about, anyway? You, you've only got three blasted shares in the company, anyway. It's the principle of the thing. From now on, I intend to take a much keener interest in the running of the company. Oh, help. Somehow, I'll get the business back on its feet. Back on its feet, you daft old twit. <laughs> We're not exactly sitting here waiting for the bailiff, you know. Did or did not the shares go down a penny yesterday? Well, yes, but so did practically everybody else's. I mean, they, they'll probably go up again tomorrow. Of course they will. So why don't you just go home and wait until then? No, I'm staying here. Just fix me up in the desk and chair here in your office and I'll soon have things under control again. I utterly refuse. I can't work with Big Sister watching me. I know. You have three shares, don't you? Well, then they went down a penny. Well, here's the threepence. <laughs> Go and play in somebody else's office. No. Just get me a chair and desk. I won't. You will, you know. Otherwise, she'll phone Daddy Boniface and you'll get a smack BTM. <laughs> Bubble. You think the Mickey just wants more and Bubbles Boniface will be dishing out smack BTMs on Tiddler Boniface as well. <laughs> so watch it. <laughs> my father give you any hint as to why he wanted you to drag me all the way down here to Boniface Towers? No, sir. He merely said I was to fly a white flag from the radiator pennant pole or he'd open up with a shotgun. (laughs) Yes, I thought I could see something glinting in the sun from his bedroom window. Well, he did reckon he was under siege, Mr. Frank. Oh, who goes there? Friend or friend of Sissy's? (laughs) Relax, father. It's me. Tiddler, bonny face. Fast, <laughs> son. I'll see you downstairs in a minute. Jolly good. I've got Aunt Sissy with me. <laughs> ah, I was only kidding. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, well, back to the garage for another respray. He's fired both barrels through the bonnet so often this week it's beginning to look like a luxurious pepper pot. <laughs> for a moment, I thought I was going to look the same way. He, he nearly winged me, and the won't you sit down, no thanks, I'll stand. <laughs> Great friend of Sir Alex, is the governor. Taught him to bag grouse a treat, he did. 
He nearly bagged a tiddler there. <laughs> well, something whistled past me, Flippers. Well, uh, what happens now? Well, you just ring the doorbell and give the password, sir. Uh, and what is the password? Camarade? <laughs> no, not exactly, sir. The password is buttered toast. <laughs> buttered toast? With Sir Charles's own idea, sir. Bearing in mind that he's trying to keep his sister out, he didn't want anything to get in here that might possibly be mistaken as crumpet. <laughs> yes. yes, that sounds like father's logic. Thank you, Hoskins. Hands the boy, Bob! It's only me, Bubbles. Buttered toast. Advanced buttered toast to be recognized. How can I, you old fool? The door's still shut. Oh, hang on. But this is ridiculous. Hang on while I do the chains again. Oh, no. I know what I'm beating, you know. I've even had the letterbox nailed up. That scraggy old hen might even try to squeeze through that. Well, now you mention it with her figure, she might even make it. <laughs> Aunt Sissy is the only woman I know with vital statistics of 18, 18, 18. <laughs> That's after she's had her meal, isn't it? <laughs> If she swallowed a pickled onion whole, it would start a rumour. <laughs> well, with her face, I doubt if anybody would believe it. <laughs> oh, that's true. She's got to go, she's up. She's got to go. She really's got to go. Is she still crouching behind her desk in my office, waiting to pounce? No, she's now crouching behind your desk in your office, waiting to pounce. Oh, my desk. Oh, Lord. She hasn't... Uh... She hasn't sent for a locksmith by any chance, has she? Locksmith? Well, there is one drawer in my desk that I sort of lock because I keep sort of... Well, you know, it all sort of happens accidentally, you know. I mean, you know, if you happen to find yourself in a bookshop in Soho and you... <laughs> you don't like to come up without buying something, do you? I mean... <laughs> you dirty old devil. No, <laughs> Simple mistake. I thought it was a magazine on how to keep oneself fit. <laughs> Diets and all that. And what was it called? The Body Beautiful. <laughs> when I got it back and read it, I knew by page three what one was supposed to be keeping oneself fit for. <laughs> then let us hope that Aunt Sissy doesn't bother to break into your desk drawer and see it. With her figure, it's liable to give her a one hell of an inferiority complex. That's a thought. I wonder if I should send her the key. <laughs> With a note saying, new readers your size start here. <laughs> anyway, she's got to go. That is a little easier said than done. She has a sort of permanent look. Oh, you don't know what it's been like, my boy. She's completely upset the office routine. So that's why you're hiding down here. 
What did she do? What did she do? What didn't she do? For starters, she sent back all the booze from my cocktail cabinet. Oh. It was awful. I promise you there's nothing so sad or so lonely as a cocktail cabinet full of nothing but empty glasses. <laughs> Each one of them a reproach. They just sit there on their little shelves, neglected, <laughs> hurt and unused and empty. You know, you'll have me in tears in a minute. What else did she do? She Go even on. wanted to sack old Coggins just because he happens to be hopelessly in inefficient. I mean, I ask you, sack old Coggins, he came with the building. <laughs> Along with the boiler that keeps going out. And the funny loo that flushes three minutes after you've pulled the thingamabob. <laughs> but, Mother, you, you, you've been trying to get rid of old Coggins for years. If ever he'd managed to catch the right train and get to the office, you'd have sacked him yourself. Well, that, 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 that is not the point. Threatening old Coggins with the order of the boot is one thing. Actually getting rid of old Coggins is another. I mean, the place just wouldn't be the same. Who else could I frighten the living daylights out of if, if we got rid of old Coggins? Well, there's always me. But you don't count your family. In any case, you've got considerably more than three blasted shares. I hold over 400, actually. I know. If you gang up with Daddy Boniface, you could probably vote me off the board. Hmm, that's a thought. <laughs> don't you dare. Remember your dear old dad. Didn't I buy you a yo-yo when you were six? <laughs> yes. It was a second-hand one with no string on it, but you did buy me one. <laughs> and you played with it even without the string, didn't you? <coughs> Quite enjoyed yourself. Had <laughs> a great old time. Well, what about... <laughs> what about your first bike? <laughs> Who bought you that? You did. There were no brakes, it had a loose saddle, and we lived at the top of a steep hill. <laughs> Not being a complete nana, I refused to ride it, but you bought it, yes. But there you are, you see, you can't desert me now. I said, have a drink, have a large drink, make it a treble if you like. At half past nine in the morning, is that all it is? Oh, I mean, when you have to sit up all night with a shotgun, you lose all sense of time. Have three eggs and twenty rashes of bacon instead. You're desperate. You are. You, you're just the tiniest bit desperate. I know, I know. But that, that's why I asked you to come down here. How are we going to get Sissy out of the building so that I can come back? I mean, we've got to act quickly. We? We. Don't forget the yo-yo. <laughs> and the bikey-wikey. <laughs> Laddie. There was also a clockwork train, Daddy. The spring that went boing, 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 because you overwhelmed it, actually. <laughs> so there was. I'd almost forgot that. I'll mend it for you tomorrow. <laughs> Funnily enough, I've almost lost interest in it. However, I agree with you that Aunt Sissy has got to go. She might get round to investigating my expenses any day now. Well, she will. We'll just have to think of some way of diverting her attention elsewhere. Ah, that's a thought. Now, uh, what other interests does she have? None. And the next brilliant idea, please? Well, uh, does she have any shares in any other company so that she could move in there and louse that up? No. Nutty little problem, isn't it? <laughs> yes, certainly. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I think I've got it. Mind you, it, uh, it means you will have to come back to the office. Oh, I knew there'd be a snag. No, thanks. No, it'll work. I'm sure it will. All right. And if it does, I, I really will mend your clockwork train for you. <laughs> oh, Quams, thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're the bestest in the whole wide world. Bubbles. <laughs> I warned you before, don't take the mickey. I've suffered more than enough already. 
of Boniface's office. Uh, well, at least it used to be. Uh, no, I'm sorry, sir, he's not here. You could speak to his sister. Yes, I don't know what you mean, sir. I'll get Sir Charles to ring you. Good morning, sir. Wacko, Edith! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like riding the bike. Once you learn, you never forget. <laughs> I'm happy to say. <laughs> I should have abandoned you in a country. At least Edith would have been safe from whatever it was you just did. Oh, nonsense. She loves it. We make a perfect team. You mean like Bubbles and Squeak? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I knew I'd find a way of using that one eventually. <laughs> oh, perhaps I shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> Take from me, you shouldn't. Now then, Edith, is the thing from outer Sussex still in my office? I'm afraid so, Sir Charles. That's it. I'm off. Nice to see you again. Good morning. Hold it, hold it, hold it. If you go, I can't get rid of her. Why? Why not? Somebody has got to sit in your office when she's urgently called away. Otherwise, she won't go. Uh, there was a little piece in the paper this morning that might help. I know. I saw her. <laughs> <laughs> Page three and wearing half a bikini and a pair of cleverly placed arms. I thought <laughs> was not the page I was thinking about. I was referring to page 10, the financial page with some very useful statistics. The ones on page 3 would come in handy as well. Sir Charles, I really must protest. Why, your statistics are all right. But a rough guess, 37, 21, 36. Well, if you must know, the first one's 38. Oh, and I said 37, oh, I do apologize. I've obviously misjudged you. <laughs> you must have been on the cornflakes, my congratulations. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> Father, will you please concentrate for a minute? He is. <laughs> I was right about the 36. <laughs> left you down in the country far too long. Uh, you could be right, you could be right. Ask the farmer's daughter next door. <laughs> What's all this about, page 10? The stock exchange prices. British United Plastics are up fivepence after the announcement of our big new contract with American Industrial Chemicals Incorporated. Well, thank heavens for that. Sissy's problems is safe. Exactly. So why don't you go into your office, thank her for all she's done to get us back on our feet, and suggest that she takes a well-earned rest. What? Go in there? Yes. Where she is? Yes. But, 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 on my own? Yes. No, thanks. <laughs> now, go on. Be a big, brave bunny face. Not, not so much of the big, if you don't mind. I'm on a diet. Take it from me. It doesn't show. <laughs> That's the farmer's daughter's fault. <laughs> All those free eggs and cheese and butter and so on. The service is rendered. Exactly. <laughs> Who talked? Probably the farmer. Edith, you keep out of this. Sorry. Jealousy, that's what it is. So you want me to go in and whiz Sissy off on a holiday then? That's right. At least it'll give you a bit of time to wall yourself up in your office in case she attempts to come back again afterwards. Well, it's worth a try. Mind you, if Sissy wants to get in, it would uh, sort of take more than the Great Wall of China to keep her out. Oh, that's a thought. <laughs> what is China, but she'd like to go to China for her holiday. <laughs> we can fill her luggage with anti-communist pamphlets and tip off the Peking customer. <laughs> oh, yes. Leglet have no knowledge of old British black. Suggest <laughs> banging her in a rattle for the rest of our honourable path. <laughs> what a beautiful thought. 
Well, before you enjoy it too much, you've got to persuade her to go on holiday in the first place. Right, into the valley of death. Let's see if we can get the unspeakable horror in the woodshed to go on its holidays. Good morning, Edith. Anything serious in the mail today? Well, it's a letter from the gentleman you usually call Honest Fred, sir. Oh, jolly good. He says, in answer to your letter, he will be delighted to open your account again. Well done, Honest Fred. Once you've settled your previous account. Oh, money grabber! What a fuss about nothing. Ring dead sir Sid and tell him I'm transferring my account to him. I don't think I'd better, sir. Why the place is not? Well, it was because of your unpaid account at dead sir Sid's that you went to Honest Fred in the first place. Well, I, I paid up in the end, didn't I? Your solicitor did, sir, on the court steps. Oh, I see. Well, in that case, um, who have we got left? According to my reference book, sir, Racy Reggie, the horse-playing housewife's hope. Provided that Racy Reggie has an incredibly short memory. Mm, well, fair enough. In any case, we settled with him on the pavement before he could reach the court steps. Ring him up and let's have a quid each way on string bean bag. Oh, your sister's definitely left, has she? Shrewd, Mrs. Charles. You don't think I'd be here if she hadn't, do you? Good morning, Father. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you, my boy. You saw her off at Heathrow last night, did you? And for pity's sake, say yes. Relax, she's gone. At least for the time being. Oh, please don't say things like that. Even in jest. Hang on. She flew to New York last night. They're uh, six hours different from us, are they? Uh, Twelve hours divided by two is... Take cover! She could be back any minute now. Don't panic. Don't panic. He's bound to stay there for a while. She chose New York because an old school friend of hers married an American and settled there. She's staying with them. Oh, good luck to the idiots. They'll need it. <laughs> well, it'll probably be the end of Anglo-American relations, but the Anglo bitch will be a bit more comfortable. <laughs> oh, you don't know the relief. Now, I've got a lot to do in my office. Item one, get that blasted desk of sissies out of here. Item two, restock the cocktail cabinet. Item three... Answer the phone. Sir Charles Boniface's office. One moment, please. I have New York on the line. It's New York for you, sir. Ah! It'll be hard! I doubt it. The operator didn't say anything about would we accept reverse charges. I'm ill. Is that Bob? Uh, Bob? Yeah, British United Plastics. Yeah, give me CB. Halpacker of the New York office here. Oh, one moment, please, Mr. Halpacker. It's Mr. Halpacker, sir. See me here. Hello, HP, you saucy boy. <laughs> How are you? Okay. Well, don't change the conversation. <laughs> he said, A1, I'd have put the phone down. <laughs> what can I do for you? Oh, you, you you've got to help me, CB. I've got to be quick because I'm having to speak from a call box. A call box? What's wrong with your office? Your sister's in it. <laughs> Apparently, she was a friend of my wife when they were at school together. <laughs> Sissy was? Well, I know she's staying with a friend who married an American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, life can be fruity at times. <laughs> Hard luck, old boy. CB, this is urgent. Your sister has had a desk moved into my office. I can't go in there. I know the feeling. Yeah, evidently our stock went down a cent on Wall Street yesterday. And Sissy is determined to stay here until she's found out who's been frittering away the shareholders' money. Now, don't panic, Alpaca. We've still got an office in Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, 
Find out if she's got an old girlfriend out there she can visit. I've already tried that. I got it from Mr. Hoopling Sue that she'd already sorted them out before she came to you. Oh, dear. Um, Australia? Uh-uh. They told me to make a bigger running jump than a kangaroo can. Africa? The war drums are still beating. Russia? Yet. Paris? No. Berlin? Nine. Then blow your prefect processed luck, Mr. Halpacker. <laughs> Tell you what, why not move to Texas? There might be a farmer's daughter out there who likes long walks in the country. <laughs> Don't send the old trout sissy back here, Halpacker, or you're fired! <laughs> Frank Thornton and Gwen Cheryl have been disposing of a relative in the big business lark written by Laurie Wyman. Jimmy Edwards was Sir Charles Boniface, Frank Thornton was Frank Boniface, Gwen Cheryl was Edith Chalmers, Sissy Boniface was played by Elizabeth Morgan, Hoskins by Nigel Graham and Mr. Halpacker by Alexander John. The show was produced by Alistair Scott Johnston. (laughs) 